Quite. I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where the intersection of finance, technology, and policy come together. And I'm your host, Chris Brummer. The future of finance is now. As many of you know, one of the major stories of the summer has been Facebook's release of its new cryptocurrency, Libra. Now, this release was a bit rocky at times with regulators questioning the impact of the cryptocurrency on not only financial markets, but international monetary stability. And so we over at Fintech Beat thought that there would be no better person to talk to about the implications of the cryptocurrency for monetary policy than Professor Glenn Hubbard, who is a worldwide, very famous economist, former dean of uh, the Columbia Business School, and he agreed to talk with us a bit about the cryptocurrency and about his impression of Facebook's white paper for Libra. Professor Hubbard, thank you so much for joining us here on Fintech Beat. Uh, it's, it's just a real delight to have you. My pleasure. Thanks. So I think we should start off at a 10,000-foot level. Uh, really in terms of your interpretation as to this white paper and how Facebook's currency, the Libra, is supposed to operate. Um, you know, how is it supposed to operate, and what was your impression of it? Well, it's a, it's a super interesting thought from Facebook. The payment system is one of the last real monopolies in modern economies, and there are lots of fintech startups and cryptocurrencies that are trying to break that. What's interesting about Facebook's Libra is that it's trying to break up two things that cryptocurrencies are at the moment. They often try to replace uh, standard money, but they're also an investment vehicle. We all know the price of Bitcoin is moving way up and way down. What Libra is trying to do is decouple those things and say, let's stick to a stable unit of account in Libra, more like a traditional currency that would be fully backed. So it would be more like uh, a currency board. And in that sense, it's very interesting. To me, the big question, and we can talk about how it works, but the big question is trust. You know, in any currency, trust is central. And will the market trust Facebook given other reputational issues surrounding uh, privacy and so on? That's an open question. And one of the interesting things that you just mentioned, and, and I found it fascinating, too, when, when looking through the white paper, is, is just the, the concept of being backed uh, by not just one uh, fiat or national currency, but, but apparently you have this cryptocurrency, the, the Libra, and it's going to be backed by uh, a, a range of different uh, currencies and potentially uh, other uh, high-quality assets. Uh, what does that do for you uh, as an economist when you when you hear about a cryptocurrency uh, that is going to be backed by other currencies? What, what kinds of things immediately come to mind as to things to be thoughtful of? Well, it raises two questions. One, it is a currency board, which we're familiar with. So, for example, right now, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority backs Hong Kong dollars that you would get if you traveled to Hong Kong with uh, U.S. dollars uh, at a pegged exchange rate. Uh, currency boards can be successful, like Hong Kong. Uh, a concern is they can also fail. So Argentina, for example, had a failed currency board 
uh, in the early 2000s, a lot depends, again, on trust in policies. The other thing that's really interesting is that while people have talked about Facebook's Libra as a kind of central bank or monetary policy, it, it really isn't. The, uh, basically, the supply of Libra is determined by users' demand for currency. So it really is like uh, a currency board, back to the issue of trust. And when you think about how that is supposed to be operationalized, because it is certainly a cryptocurrency using a, a new kind of uh, payment infrastructure in order to move money around the globe, potentially, at least according to the white paper, there's an aspiration of reaching billions of uh, different users. Uh, this concept is going in and out of potential of different currencies, uh, you know, the, you're using the, the Hong Kong dollar, U.S. dollar um, uh, e example. It becomes a little bit more complicated, I, I would imagine, when you have several different components to that uh, currency bas basket. And instead, uh, lots of people have tried to liken it to the International Monetary Fund's special drawing rights basket, you know, the, the, the basket of currencies that's used to support uh, international uh, operations at that international organization. Do, do you think that that's a, a good analogy, or or there or are there faults with that analogy? I do think it's a good analogy. The SDRs, special drawing rights, are a basket of currencies, which is what Facebook envisions with Libra. I don't think Libra, if it founders, will founder on a basket being hard, but rather its interactions with central banks, like the Federal Reserve in the U.S. You know, the movement of money and payments is a highly regulated uh, business. And I would think a key is to get the Fed uh, on its side. And, and one idea would be to really stress the benefits of low payments costs. Because as we know, the highest payments costs in our country are actually being borne by fairly low-income households who typically rely on very high-cost solutions. If Facebook could reach the scale that it suggests, it becomes closer to the kind of digital wallet that WeChat Pay or Alipay offer in China at very minimal uh, payments costs. But again, open question whether trust will allow that scale to come. Well, one of the questions about trust is uh, really reflects the white paper itself. I mean, the white paper leaves open as, as many uh, regulators and lawyers and, and other commentators have sort of mentioned a, a number of open questions about how it should be operationalized. Uh, you know, the currency board analogy is, is really interesting. The, the way in which they're, they're talking about a designated array of resellers or of authorized resellers to interact with, with a reserve fund where you have um, access to these fiat currencies is just raised a number of questions about financial stability and whether or not the Libra could itself become a source of financial instability and financial risk. And that could play out, I would imagine, uh, along a, a number of dimensions, and people can sometimes talk past one another uh, when they're trying to uh, think that question through. But, but for you, when you think about the question of financial instability and the Libra, what would be sort of, let's, you know, moving along the spectrum, the most likely sources of potential risk uh, and then what do you think those uh, sort of red flags have been raised? Which, which of those do you think are, are perhaps less likely? 
Well, it's a great question. I think early on, Facebook would need to have very serious discussions with the Federal Reserve and the payments community. It's already talking with potential partners who are potentially payments providers to come up with a simple and transparent solution. The lessons we have from the currency boards that went astray is they almost always went astray from uh, bad public policy. So I mentioned Argentina earlier. It was excessive government spending and deficits. These aren't really a problem in what Facebook envisions. So I think what might unravel Facebook's idea would be a lack of transparency should that happen, and then you know people's being concerned and not achieving scale. I don't think it's likely you'd have a classic run on the bank the way that you do uh, with with currency boards. But Facebook as a company hasn't always been high on transparency. So that that's why I think this would have to be a pivot. They've certainly attempted to respond or to at least anticipate some of those trust issues. This, this Libra Association is established in Geneva, and you have a board of some of the largest tech firms who collectively are going to be helping to support uh, the launch of this cryptocurrency and to, I would imagine, think through and to help develop uh, different kinds of applications and and uh, to, to improve the utility of the Libra. Do you think that those kinds of things, the consortium building, uh, does that help? Um, certainly there's been a lot of criticism uh, that some of the members of this association are large global tech firms. On the other hand, they are technology firms that do have experience with uh, cross-border payments. Uh, what kinds of steps uh, b- do you think have been taken to allay the trust issue? Uh, clearly here in Washington, there's just been a, an enormous amount of concern. Uh, and then what kinds of steps do you think Facebook can take uh, to speak to those questions of trust? They're not just questions that go to whether or not the cryptocurrency will be successful, uh, but whether or not it may be even allowed uh, here in Washington. Well, I think the involvement of the large tech companies is on balance a plus. The concern that might be on some policymakers' minds is whether involving those companies with Facebook would lead to perhaps um, uh, anti-competitive practices. I think that's unlikely in this case, not because I'm naive about the temptation, but because the whole goal is to get to scale and low cost. So that wouldn't worry me. What I think is important, though, is that Facebook involved in its uh, global consortium, let's say former regulators or people from central banks who can be a a conduit and an explainer of what it takes to uh, persuade the public about trust uh, in currency. I think for Facebook, the key issue in trust is to realize two things. One, transparency is paramount. And second, trust is built over time. It can be lost quickly. It must be regained slowly. So I see this as a if not a long-term, a medium-term investment project for Facebook, not just in the platform itself, but in the very mechanics of trust. But I think putting together consortium, putting together the currency board structure, these are still pretty good ideas. One of the innovations or one of the the, the big ideas behind the uh, Libra uh, is Calibra and the idea that you're going to have a a digital wallet for uh, folks to be able to store uh, their their currency and and that obviously is raising some some red flags and concerns that go to the heart of trust. But 
it, maybe it's not so much as trust in terms of the, the currency per se, but trust in terms of the company. One of the original um, observations that you made at the outset of our conversation here, uh, and, and really whether or not the data and the transactions uh, that are being facilitated in the wallet can somehow begin to inform how Facebook operates or vice versa. Uh, what is the role of and the intersection between trust on the data end, that, that, that consumer protection end of, da- of, of trust, right? And then trust in a monetary sense, right? Because, you know, if people don't trust a currency, then you have like a run. Uh, is there is there a, a, a is there a risk that the operational uh, stability of the coin may itself uh, turn in part on the trust that people have in uh, some of the controls with inform- uh, user information and, and data? You're asking a great question. I, I think that the uh, quote, run on the bank phenomenon is not one I would worry about if Facebook uh, conducts business the way it says in the currency board model. But the trust issue is still real. I I mentioned earlier WeChat Pay and and Alipay. Those are obviously associated with firms, uh, Tencent and Alibaba, that are in other lines of business. But there's a very clear demarcation. And I think one of the things that Facebook would have to do, it's very serious about this, is to make sure it draws a bright line clearly on what the use of data will be and whether there will be any commercial fallout benefits to Facebook from running this business. Failing to do that means the business can't get to scale. And if the business can't get to scale, it can't deliver the very low cost that I think will make it very attractive to regulators. So it really is a chicken and egg problem. Can I ask you one one question, and and I apologize if it's a a bit of a lawyerly question, but you're just raising a a host of very interesting observations, and that's with the currency board model. Uh, To your understanding and and, and in light of your own experience, do most of these currency boards have uh, explicit rules by which uh, they operate uh, in the conduct of their own uh, monetary operations? They do, and, and they're generally limited by the backing. So, for example, uh, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority essentially isn't conducting an independent monetary policy. It's simply pegging the currency. Argentina right. had promised to do that, but then broke that promise, which is why trust still remains important. So even if the Libra Association or, or there are other kinds of explicit promises made, ultimately that promise is only going to be as good as the trust that both users and uh, stakeholders and government officials have in uh, compliance with those rules. Correct. So trust remains essential even with a currency board. The currency board just helps mainly with the run on the bank problem and a loss of confidence. So there have also been some questions as to whether or not this is a security. What What is the importance of that question, and, and do you think it could uh, derail a project like this? I think that's a very important question, and calling it a security in the U.S. regulatory context I think would dim its chances for success. Uh, A better alternative would be to think of it in the context of um, a money market fund or some other sort of investment vehicle. Uh, One thing to look at is how China has treated digital wallets. That could be a roadmap. So I guess I'll just end it then with one last question, And, and, and again, just getting to your observations. Do you have a sense that one way or the other, someone's going to come out with, if not Facebook, with, with similar kinds of plans? And, and if that is the case, 
Uh, do you have a sense that that could ultimately impact how central banks uh, end up running their own monetary policy uh, in light of the fact that, that so many people may be making a shift to uh, digital assets and digital currencies, and, and, and as a result, it could impact the way in which they want to operationalize their, their monetary policy? Uh, I think you've raised two great good questions. Or one is uh, about whether this will ultimately happen. I think the answer is absolutely yes. And the reason is the cost of payments remains a pain point. So innovators often fo focus on pain points. And technology as a disruptor makes it possible. Facebook has initiated a great conversation with an interesting model. They may or may not be the winner, but somebody will be. For central banks, I think this will be an issue because this will be an alternative means of, of storing value. But I think it's more for the regulatory part uh, of what they do. There's still plenty of levers to conduct monetary policy. Professor Hubbard, thank you so very much for your time. My this pleasure. was a, a fascinating conversation. Well, I guess it all comes down to, in Facebook we trust, or not. I'm Chris Brummer. Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you. Feel free to email us at fintechbeat at cqrollcall.com or tweet to at Chris Brummer DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. -M -M -E Join us next time on Fintech Beat, produced by CQ Roll Call.